Jesus, what the hell was that? It's Kyle Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for the 4th of November 2019. I want you to take a guess what we're going to talk about today by that creepy breathing that you heard um, just then. Um, we're going to... It's It's the beginning of November. I said I was going to do it on a Friday. Hopefully you guys got the message that uh, I was going to do it on either uh, yesterday or today. But today is the day. We're going to talk about some horror films. Horror October has ended. Spooky season is over. Uh, But according to Kmart and Charlestown Square, Christmas is fucking already starting. But uh, we're going to ignore all that today. And we're going to talk about some scary fucking films. Um, some scary shit. Now, before I get into all the films that I watched, um, I just have a little kind of uh, footnote or disclaimer. Um, I didn't get around to watching everything. Um, there is a lot of films that I set myself to watch, uh, as a, you know, as it feels like more of a challenge. And there is just, to truth be told, there is just, I kind of got burnt. If even watching movies like uh, like every day. For a week, um, I kind of just got burnt out. Um, I wasn't having like they weren't giving me like crazy nightmares or anything, or but I just got sick of, like, yeah, I just got sick of watching horror movies. And uh, but I did watch um, about like eleven or thirteen. I'll have to check the when we get to the diary. I'll, I'll um, count them all up. But I did watch quite a few. Um, I tried to be more realistic this time around. I set myself, like, I mean, quite a few. Had to delete some. Um, but I did set myself quite a few. And I was just happy. I just wanted to get... I just wanted to watch some horror films and get more familiar with some that people have seen uh, that, I, that I really wanted to check out. And there are 11 here that I've got that I didn't watch. Um, I didn't get around to. Wherever I didn't have time. Or I was just, again... Just um, to be blunt and honest, just burnt out and didn't want to watch another horror film. Um, Because there's plenty of other films that have been coming out that I really want to see. But I felt kind of bogged down watching these horror films. And uh, yeah, just to be honest, I I kind of got sick of it. (laughs) And uh, wanted to watch a a different movie. But I did get around to watching... When we get to the diary, we'll we'll check it out. But I did did get around to watching a few. um, Some good ones, some bad ones, some okay ones. And I have formed uh, an opinion on horror that I want to talk about afterwards. And I'll get to that in after. But, um, yeah, I just want to say that um, this is the 11 that I missed out on. Um, Now, don't get too mad or cranky if, if if you hear a film that you saw. Uh, that you've seen and you wanted me to see. Um, yeah, sorry I didn't get around to it. Um, now, the first two are going to piss some people off because uh, they're classics, considered classics. Um, my number one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know I had that on last year's list and I didn't watch it last year. And I said I was going to watch it this year. Yeah, just didn't get around to watching it. Um, now, the reason I have some of these films on here is because it is either I couldn't get my hands on them, actually, um, or, you know, I couldn't get, find any copies anywhere. Um, couldn't find it or physical DVD or a Blu-ray, anything like that. Just couldn't find a copy or I didn't have time to watch them or didn't want to watch them. 
Um, that's like it's those are the three reasons that I didn't get around to watching these ones. Um, but to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I could have got my hands on, but I just didn't get around to doing it. Um, the second one is The Thing. Um, the Thing's on Netflix. I, I had, you know, ample opportunity to watch it on Netflix, but just didn't get around to watching it. Um, I know it's a classic. I still want to check it out because I watched, I maybe watched the first 10 minutes and then, yeah, I think I was watching like the first 10 minutes and then I had to do, I either had to attend to something else or something come up, but, um, just didn't get to finish watching it. Uh, but I enjoyed the first, I enjoyed the first 10 minutes. I'll say that. Uh, but I'll, I'll probably get around to watching the thing, probably like watching these first two, I'll probably get around to watching those, um, because they're, you know, they're classics and, and, uh, they look, they look good. I know that Texas Chance of Massacre is, um, is a favorite of, of a lot of people's and, um, even though it's so gritty and violent and raw, um, it's still it's still actually really a well put together film. And I know the same thing for the thing as well. John Carpenter's the thing is is considered a massive classic. So I'll definitely get around to watching that um, soon uh, when I'm in the mood. When I'm in the mood, but I, I really want I really do want to finish um, what I was watching the thing on Netflix. I really want to finish that, but just didn't just didn't get around to it. Number three, unfortunately, guys, I didn't watch Poltergeist. Um, yeah, just, uh, just didn't, I, I think this one, I just didn't want to watch this one. <laughs> um, I think I was burnt out by jump scares and I just didn't, I, I heard there's quite a few on this one and, uh, I just didn't, yeah, just didn't just straight up. No, I think, um, I might watch it later. Might not. I, I can't make any promises, but yeah, that was on the list because I know it, it is also a classic considered amongst horror fans, a classic, but, um, just, just didn't get there. Uh, number four was Terrifier. That's also on Netflix, uh, but again, didn't didn't feel like watching it. It's it's. I mean, I've seen some clips online. It just looks very, I don't know, dreadful, and uh, I just wasn't in the mood for it. I'll just be honest there. I just wasn't in the mood for it. Um, I've also been um, going through something at the moment in terms of um, my mental state. And I uh, just didn't really feel like I wanted to um, sit through films that will make you feel even more dreadful. <laughs> uh, something, yeah, something did happen during October that uh, kind of shook up my life a bit. And um, I, I just didn't want to watch anything that would build onto those kind of feelings. Even though, you know, some of, some of the films that I have seen that have, you know, scary elements like Midsummer, for example, has a few horror elements in it um and it makes you feel obviously shit but the thing about that film is just it's a it's a fucking gorgeous movie with great lines of dialogue and um great cinematography great score i mean everything, everything about it the way ari aster handed helms that film it just made me it kind of i don't know opened me up as a, as a film lover and that's why it's my favorite film of the year like i, I love midsummer um and it does have very, you know, I mean, considering the end as well, it has very dreadful sequences. But again, I just like the art of it all. Um, whereas Terrifier just looked like, yeah, it just looked like some gory shit and a clown that kills. And I was just not in the mood for it. Um, the next one was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, this is Scott Derrickson's, I don't know if it's his debut feature or... Uh, the one, uh, maybe it was maybe a sophomore movie, but 
Scott Derrickson is the guy that helmed to to you Marvel fans is the guy that helmed Doctor Strange, and um, he did like some scary stuff before he helmed Marvel, and that's why when he's when he's doing Doctor Strange, um, uh, what's the next one called? The uh, Multiverse of Madness, I think. Uh, and he's calling and saying it's the first scary Marvel movie. He's kind of bringing his horror talents uh, into uh, Doctor Strange and, and um, you know, filling the movie. I mean, well, we got some magic in the first Doctor Strange. We're going to get some horror in the second one, um, which, I don't know, makes me a little wary because I've, I don't really, you know, we haven't had horror in a Marvel film yet. I think the closest we've been to a horror is, I think some, there's a scene in Age of Ultron that's just really fucking weird. Um, but, yeah, I, I just uh, just think this exorcism of Emily Rose. I know people are you know they're a fan of exorcism movies and stuff like that. Again, it's just another thing. Like I was just it was it, I think it was just jump scares. I just don't want to have another jump scare fest. Um, I'm not completely sure if this had a, a, as many jump scares as I thought it would, but uh, yeah, just wasn't. In, yeah, didn't feel like watching it. Um, I also missed The Descent and The Descent Part 2. I am going to actually catch these films, though, because I've heard they're actually really good. Uh, I don't know about the Part 2. People are a bit iffy on Part 2, but The Descent is considered a, a cult classic. And I'll get around to watching it. Um, the monsters look really cool, and um, the character, like, apparently the main characters are actually quite decent and well-written, and uh, it's just a good, just a nice, fun horror film. So... Yeah, I'll probably get around to watching that eventually. I don't know about part two. Maybe if I like part one, I'll watch part two. But uh, yeah, I don't really, not really too sure. Um, this is one I'm actually disappointed in myself, actually, because uh, I had this on my 2018 Horror October list. And again, I wanted to watch it on this horror list, um, especially hearing more about it when Jordan Peele was talking about what inspired him to make Get Out. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Just, uh, yeah, this was, this was one I just didn't get around to watching. Um, I just, I simply just didn't get around to watching it. Uh, wasn't, not, it wasn't the mood for it. I really actually wanted to watch it, but again, I watched other films and just didn't, uh, you know, the days piled up and I just didn't get around to watching it. But, um, I think I will watch it eventually. I don't want to put it on next October list. Um, so I'll probably watch it before then, but... Um, I do have a copy of it. I'll get down to watching it um, pretty soon. I've heard it's a fantastic film. Um, Mia Farrow apparently has a great performance in it. And, uh, yeah, I'll, like, I'll definitely get around to watching it, um, soon. Uh, Candyman is a, kind of a trending one at the moment. Um, I've seen a few video essays on Candyman, uh, on YouTube and, uh, um, some analysis of the film. And uh, it's it's a film I was interested in because of um, Tony Todd, who is from the Final Destination series. It, you, you'll probably know him as um, the the mortician in the first one, and and he kind of plays a a uh, I guess a a I don't know a manifestation of death. I guess maybe a metaphor of death. He just kind of is a normal person in the films, but people consider him to be the Grim Reaper in the Final Destination movies. And uh, in this one, he's the Candyman, who, if you say his name five times, 
he is supposed to, I don't know, jump out of the mirror and grab you. Um, heard there's a few jump scares in this one, but I also heard it's a, it's a, it's kind of, it's said to be of a, a scary movie, but it's it's a it's a erotic love story. So, I mean, yeah, I, I just, uh, I just didn't, uh, I guess I just didn't, uh, again, like Rosemary's Baby, just didn't get around to watching it. I know it's trending at the moment, people are talking about it, but uh, yeah, I just didn't get around to watching it. Maybe I'll watch it eventually. I mean, you're probably going to hear me beat like a dead horse by saying I'll watch it eventually, but you know, who knows, I might even do a podcast later on where I talk about the films that I missed. It sounds like a fun thing to do when I get back into the mood for it, but as of right now, like, I've just... Horror is just, I've had enough of it. Um, it's not my favorite genre. It's, again, like you guys know, I'm, I'm trying to gel myself into it, uh, get familiar with it, because I do appreciate the the art and the effort that people put into horror movies, like good ones anyway. Um, but I will be watching, probably watching uh, Doctor Sleep this week when it comes out, as I'm a massive fan of The Shining, one of my favorite movies. Um, and I watched that last year for the Horrortober. And it ended up, yeah, ended up becoming one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just incredible, incredible film. Uh, with one of the best performances I've ever seen from Jack Nicholson. Great score as well. Beautifully harmed by Stanley Kubrick, even though about, you know, it's it's kind of controversial because of the, the abuse of set on set that he, you know, uh, delved upon. Um, uh, what's, what's her fucking name? I keep forgetting her name. Uh, uh, Shelley Duvall, that's it. That just come to me then. Uh, yeah, Shelley Duvall apparently went through some shit uh, during that film. And uh, we all know about like what happened. I think he like threw things at her and he just pretty much terrorized her to the point of her breaking down as a person. And it, it's horrible to hear. And uh, But I mean, there's no... There's no... I have no uh, hesitation in saying that because of that, I mean, it sounds horrible to say because of that, we got a fantastic performance from her, a great performance from uh, Jack Nicholson, and just a great film altogether. And uh, Mike Flanagan is, um, which I'll be talking about Oculus in a minute, um, he is a director that I'm really, really liking at the moment. Um, I haven't seen all of his films. Again, I'll be talking more about him when I talk about Oculus, but... Uh, He's helming Doctor Sleep, which is supposed to be more than the more than a more than the uh, book, a sequel to The Shining, and uh, involves uh, Danny Torrance. So, and I, and I want to check it out. I have to see where it goes, obviously. Um, but I've heard it's pretty creepy, pretty scary, um, <laughs> and a uh, bit hesitant. But uh, I'll see how I go when I watch it on when it comes out on Thursday. Um, back to the, uh, didn't watch list. Extraordinary was another one I watched, uh, didn't watch. It, uh, it, it, it looked like an oddball comedy. Um, it's about a, a, uh, paranormal investigator that, you know, joins with a, uh, I think it was a rock star, I think. It has Will Forte in it, um, Claudia Doherty as well. I like both of those actors. Um, I especially love Will Forte and um, Claudia Doherty. I, I I loved ever since watching her in um, uh, I think Love on Netflix. And uh, she's Australian, and uh, she's just I don't know. She's just a lovable person. I think love her personality. And I look, she kind of sounds the same when she acts on in 
different movies, but I don't know. I just love seeing her on screen. I think she's a, she brings a great presence to anything she's in. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to watch that one, but I didn't get around to it, but it actually was on my list from the beginning of the year. Cause I think it either played at Sundance or South by, and it wasn't, um, it might've been Sundance, I think. And it was on my Sundance list. So I'll get around to watching that one. Definitely. Um, number 10 was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I actually deleted this off the, um, off the Horror October list, uh, because I just straight up didn't want to watch it. <laughs> um, I think it was just because, again, the dread, and, uh, I just, the film, the title says it all, Portrait of a Serial Killer. I was just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not in the mood. So, yeah, I, uh, I kind of just deleted that fully off the list. Um, don't know if I watch it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, but number 11, this is actually one that I did want to see because after watching Haunt, which was my first movie in the whole October, um, I was kind of interested in, in investigating like how haunts are built and why people go to haunts and the experiences they get out of them. Um... And why do people find them so exciting and so um, enticing? Why they want to go to it to get scared? And uh, the houses October built was a an interesting documentary that I've heard about that invest well that investigates that that, that that was their whole idea was to see why, like how there's a build why they build them. I mean even the even the um, the extreme ones like um, McKamey Manor is the big one that they they can touch you at and. Uh, you have to sign like a, a, a waiver and uh, they have to, they get to touch you and put shit on you. And yeah, it, it, it looks insane. Uh, I don't think I'll, <laughs> I'll ever go to it, but yeah. Uh, this one actually was generally interested in, but I couldn't find any copies or get any copies of uh, the actual documentary that they did. The House of October built. I could only see you available see the, the the only thing available to me was the uh the feature film that they did after they made the documentary and then they made the second um feature film after that and i just didn't want to watch the feature film without having seen the documentary first because i think a documentary to me about those haunts would be more exciting it sounds a bit like they use a bit of fan footage in that one and i'm not really a fan of fan footage films if they're done so uh i don't know like so plainly and safe and uh, they don't really take risks or anything. Um, but I will be talking about some found footage films, two found footage films that I found really, really exciting and uh, gripped me and really creeped me out, if you, if you get that hint there. And if you've been looking at my list, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to watch the documentary, but I, I just couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit upset that I didn't do it. Uh, but it sounds like something I'd be quite interested in, but yeah, just, just again, just couldn't find it. And I didn't want to watch the feature without experiencing the documentary first and then seeing what, what they did differently and, you know, how they adapted that, I guess, adapted the documentary to make it a feature. Um, yeah, just didn't, that's just the reason why. So that is it for the didn't watch list. Um, I'm now going to talk about the films I did see. And there's quite a few, so let's head over to the uh, to the diary.
on my letterboxd and we're gonna have a look Alrighty. so yeah i watched quite a few in october um and there are ones that i you know watched that um were not horrors because again just sick of them um so let's start off with october 7th i can't really count rambo lost blood and joker's horror movies um october 7th i uh i've talked about this one before but i watched haunt which was um the kind of directorial debut of uh scott um brian woods and scott beck who were the screenwriters of a um of uh, the, a quiet place and um again I've, I've talked about that i've talked about it in depth on a, another podcast uh, so if you want to head over to i think it was two podcasts ago i talked about it and uh, you want to hear my more in-depth thoughts you can check that out or you can check out my letterbox review um on letterboxd and what what is kind of uh what you'll notice when you'll see like my uh october movies that i watched i just had one uh, review of Haunt, and then the rest of it, I just rated them all, and I, I was just like, oh, I might just, if we're just doing this as kind of a marathon kind of thing, I'll, I'll just uh, rate them, and I won't, I won't really talk about them. I think I'll talk about them more on the podcast. And uh, but Haunt is one that I started off by doing a verbal review of on Letterbox, so you can check that out. Those are my full thoughts about the film. Um, but I thought it was a fun slasher. Uh, my sister loves it. <laughs> Um, uh, my sister thinks it's, it's, it's a great movie. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. Um, there was interesting elements that, you know, um, Brian Woods and Scott Beck used. Um, it's a great, it's great sound design. It's great, got good cinematography. Characters are okay. I really love the lead girl though. Um, other characters, not so much. And, uh, I think if you wanted to, I, I think I said, if you wanted to chuck on stuff on Halloween, uh, with a few friends, few drinks um because it does play, take place on halloween uh, i think you 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 have a good time so that's what i said about that but again if you want to check out the full thing go head over to that podcast and and hear what i have to say about that um i'm like see i had a little i had a little bit of a uh spell here because the seventh i watched the art of self-defense and then the 11th watched the el camino breaking bad movie and then it wasn't until the 18th for her kind of caught up again with watching horror and had to get had to knock the list down again wasn't the effort that i was aspiring for but i don't really mind what i've achieved here i, I think it's quite good for me anyway because again as you guys know i'm not a horror person so uh i don't really consider zombieland double tap a horror film it's got zombies in it um there's maybe one or two jump scares in it but that's about it it's pretty much an action uh, comedy with zombies and I've talked about that already on um, on, on, on uh, last week's podcast so the first film the second film that I got to watching um, was an interest very interesting one I actually really liked this one I only did give it three stars because I think there was a missed potential um, but that film is oculus uh, this was available on Netflix so if you want to watch oculus like now uh, it's on Netflix but uh, it's directed by, written, excuse me, written and directed by Mike Flanagan, who you guys know, you, he helped, uh, he did Hush, he did, 
uh, what, what's that sequel? Oh, uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Uh, he, obviously, uh, some of you guys might know The Haunting of Hill House is on Netflix, the massively critically acclaimed horror series on Netflix, which, again, I might watch. I don't know. It looks fucking freaky as shit. So, but I wanted to check out his, this is his sophomore film. Um, I did a film before that's called Absentia, which I actually might check out now, now that I've seen this work and very interested in what he and how he helms this film. Um, I just think there was kind of missed potential and there was some elements that I didn't really care for. Um, but it's written and directed by Mark Flanagan. Uh, it stars Karen Gillan and uh, Brenton Thwaites. Got Katie Sackhoff in there as well, Rory Cochran. Um, and it's about a brother and sister that uh, witness a a traumatic, I'll just say a traumatic event and uh, involving a, a mirror called the Lasser Glass. And uh, it kind of jumps between present time and the past, which is an, is an element I really liked how that was done in the movie, which I'll get to in a second. And uh, what they try to do is they try to prove, um, the, well, the brother, actually, who witnesses the traumatic event and takes action. Um, he goes to prison and then a mental hospital, I think. And then it's about his sister exonerating him and uh proving that this mirror is evil it's an evil mirror um so yeah long plot short evil mirror and uh this movie was just very interesting i because i immediately finished when i when i finished it i immediately was like well that was that was cool i like that um but then it's actually a film that I've been thinking about for a while after watching. Um, I think it's got a, a great performance from Karen Gillan and Brendan Thwaites, who I believe is the brother. Um, yeah, that's him. But Karen Gillan especially was the highlight in this movie for me. Um, I mean, it, it helps that I'm already a fan of Karen Gillan, but I think she was really good in this movie and she has a really great monologue. Uh during the scene where she's trying to prove that the mirror is evil and it involves in her talking about the victims of the mirror and um, what they experienced, what they went through. And she kind of goes through that and it's it's really well cut. It's it's really well paced. And um, just her delivery was great. She, I think she really nailed that scene. And a um, little tidbit there for you. The studio actually wanted to cut that out because they thought it was unnecessary for the audience. And uh, I mean, there, there could be ways to show it, you know, with visual storytelling. But I just really liked how Mike Flanagan fought for that and kept that in the movie because it actually was one of my favorite parts. Her my whole monologue about what the mirror has done and, and its victims. Um, really liked that part of the movie. Uh, I liked the relationship between the uh, the siblings. I liked the building dread, especially with the father, played by Rory Cochran. Uh, Katie Sackhoff has a great performance as well. And uh, there's some really cool scenes that involve... There's a lot of... What was interesting to me, that there was a lot of uh, uh, kind of shocking sequences um, that you know some people don't really care for. Um, and, you know, I kind of like them because they, they have a bit of shock value, but they do kind of, it's just interesting imagery. Um, there's something involving a apple and a light bulb, which was like one of my favorite sequences. And uh, it really, I really was like, oh, what the fuck? 
when I watched it. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought, I thought it was like, again, like I said, I, I thought it was fine, but then I kept thinking about it. It's a film that kind of stayed on my mind and I know I gave it three stars of letterbox, but I might give it, a th- I might actually change that to about three and a half. I wouldn't go full four. Cause again, I thought it was missed potential. Let's talk about that missed potential. Um, I think, I just think they're past. I really like how he, Mike Flanagan, uh, intertwines the, t- uh, the timelines, the past and the present. They kind of play next to each other and they're cut like they're happening at the same time. Uh, I liked that. I just wish there was more of, of, uh, um, uh, Karen Gillan, uh, her character. I, I just want to say the character's names, um, because I don't want to keep saying Karen Gillan's character and, and Brendan Thwaites' character. Um, I'll just get them up right here. Come on. Uh, Kaylee. Kaylee and Tim. Uh, I really, the relationship with Kaylee and Tim was really good. I just think that I should, I wanted more of it. I wanted more of that. Uh, I wanted more interaction between them, even though the movie does majorly have them throughout it. I just wish there was more, I don't know, juice with them. Um, I didn't really care for the jump scares. I know that um, there's, there's quite a few. Um, there's quite a few just sequences were involving these kind of ghouls, and uh, I just didn't really care for them. I thought they were a. They kind of halted the film really for me. And uh, uh, I think it was he used he did use Kate Kate Siegel, who is Mike Flanagan's now partner. And she is one of the main girls in there. And he uses, the, uses her quite a bit. And I just didn't really care for it. I'm not really a fan of jump scares um, as they are terrifying to me. And some of them I just don't think need to exist in a film like this. Um, I do get like the, the few that the, that you want to chuck in, like maybe one or two. But there was, there was like, quite a few of them and they just didn't really do anything. They weren't really substantial to me. And uh, the the ghouls, I just I know you wanted to show the victims of the mirror, but the ghouls, I, I just didn't uh, I don't know I, it, it it didn't stay with me. I wanted to see more of the the mental torment that um, uh, Kaylee and Tim go through with this fucking evil ass mirror. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, to me uh, the films that stay with me are the ones that I think. Uh, I'll, 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 you know, the ones that I, the ones I keep thinking about are the ones that I actually really like. And as much as I'm saying it's not substantial with those things, the psychological element of it all does stay with me. It is substantial. Um, so yeah, Oculus was was a really good, a, a really good watch. Um, I know some people would would consider that more of a psychological thriller, but I definitely consider it a horror, definitely. Um, and we're talking about consideration and subjection with um, horror in a bit when I finish the list. So yeah, Oculus is a one I would recommend you checking out. Um, even if you think it's fine, I think it's a movie that most people will get enjoyment out of. Um, it's really cool. Uh, on the 26th, there we had five days off. On the 26th, I watched Ready or Not. Which is not really a horror film, but let's just talk about it anyway. Um, Sam Weaving is fantastic. I uh, I love the production design. I love the act- the actors. Uh, there's a certain scene involving a um, 
a, a Skype kind of call that's going on between uh, the butler and the family. And that scene was great. Loved it. Hilarious. Um, but I think Sam Weaving really carries the movie. Um, and it's not really... It's just a fun watch. It's just a fun watch. There's some cool kills in it. Uh, I, I I see a, a channel like Dead Meat doing a kill count with it and, you know, giving the Golden Chainsaw and the uh, Doll Machete Awards out to it. I think it'd be a fun thing to, for them to do. But again, they've, they've uh, you know, because I do watch their content, they uh, James does say that uh, once the Blu-ray comes out, that's when they'll do it. So I, I expect something, a kill count with Ready or Not, definitely when that's done. Uh, but that's what I think it is. I think I loved her character of Grace. Um, I see her her costume. I don't know if people did go as her for Halloween, but next year I think there's going to be a few Grace. Uh, I think it's uh, what's what's the, her last name in the film? Uh, Grace DeRosa or something. Graham. It's 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 like a Latin name or something. Ladomus. I don't know if that's Latin, but Ladomus. Uh, yeah, Grace Ladomus. Oh, what the fuck? They've changed the poster to it. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that new poster. I want to do a podcast on posters as well because there are some that are just boring the shit out of me, and I think we've lost. Most posters that I see nowadays have just lost the art of it all, and they're just not. And that they're, to me, posters are supposed to tell you about the film, or at least give you a hint of what you're going to experience in the film. Um, I know this Ready or Not poster here, the current one on IMDb, you know, it does look pretty freaky, and you do get a bloodied Grace Ladomus, but I don't know. I just don't like the whole saturation and structure of it all and the contrast. Not not a not not a fan, and then you go to, I mean this one here. This is this is a nice one, ready or not has and it has a red kind of reminds me of Scarface, which is a nice, great, simple poster showing you the dark side and the light side of uh, Tony Montana. Um, but I think what I liked was the, yeah, this one here was really cool. The first poster they released was just like. Sam weaving on the front with like all the characters. Um, yeah, I liked that one bought and better than this fucking new one. And that's like, it does, it could look like a, a, uh, it could look like a, a generic kind of poster because it's got, there's a lot of floating bodies and there's, there's the big giant grace, but just something about it. Something about it gets my eye. Is it Sam weaving? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I will say, yeah, she's great. I think the brother's great as well. Not so much on her husband in the movie, but I think the brother, who played by um, Adam Brody, he's great. Um, and I really liked the performance from the father, which is Henry... Henry Cerny? Yeah, Henry Cerny. I think he's great as well. Um, there's a lot of funny moments in it. It's, a, it's pretty much a dark comedy. It is pretty much a dark comedy. People would categorize it. It's categorized as a horror on IMDb, but I just call it a dark comedy. Bit of action. Thriller. What a few chase scenes. Quite a few jump scares. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Had a great time. I uh, watched that with my sister, actually, and we both really enjoyed it. I think I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. 
So I know that it's not part of the Horatober list, but I just wanted to talk about it, just get it out of the way so I don't have to worry about it for another future podcast. But returning back to the Horatober list, um, I watched Little Monsters, which could be considered a horror as well. There's a few jump scares in that. But again, I've talked about that just like I talked about Zombieland Double Tap, and that was on last week's podcast. So if you want to hear more about Little Monsters, um, go and go and listen to that. Hear my thoughts about that. Um, just but just some quick summary. Lupita Nyong'o, great. Uh, David England, great. Or is it Alexander England? Sorry, great. And the kid that played Felix, great. Josh Gad, one of the best characters of the year. Teddy McGiggles, and very funny. Um, I think Abe's, Abe Forsyth did a, did a pretty good job of it. But all right, we're back. These are from, these. So the films now um, that I'm going to talk about have not been discussed at all, but I want to discuss them now. Um, so on the 27th of October, which I also had on my list, was Wounds. Um, I think that also played at Sundance. Maybe it was South by. I always get confused with these thriller horrors that if they play at Sundance or South by, I'm not too, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, I watched Wounds. Um, uh, pretty pretty terrible. Um, but but I will say there was some potential there. There there was some potential there. Um, I think the premise is pretty interesting. I mean, no using uh you know modern technology to build a horror film. And I think Army Hammer was good in it. I think Dakota Johnson, they were fine. They were fine. They were good performances. Um, I, I just say passable, I guess, um, because the script is the problem here. And uh, they don't really know how to, I think, in my opinion, don't really know how to structure the film and where things should happen because it's, 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 I don't know, it's weirdly paced. Like things happen that should have happened a while ago. Um, just before I get back in, uh, into this into the list, I wanted to say before I started Oculus, um, I'm not going to say major spoilers. Even these films have not been, I mean, they're quite, maybe a couple of years old, maybe they're years, years old, um, but I'm not going to get into major spoilers. I might drop a few minor spoilers, and they're literally going to involve a character or a scene. That's it. I'm not going to say what the scene is. I'm going to say like maybe objects inside the scene, but um, that's what I'll be saying. That I'm just going to let you guys know, a bit of a disclaimer, that um, I'll be talking about just at least a character and what they what they do or an item they use, but I'm not going to say look the whole thing. I, I consider that a major spoiler if I pretty much discuss a whole scene. Uh, but let's get back into wounds. Yeah, Army Hammer, Dakota Johnson, passable performances. Um, there's a few creepy sequences that, and it's got some cool visuals. Uh, but again, I just think it was missed a missed opportunity and uh, empty potential. I'd say um, it's got a weird ending. Like, I kind of predicted where it was going to go with that ending. Uh, but, again, there's things happened that I think should have happened. And when you're writing a screenplay, you want these events to happen earlier. And they happen a bit later. So you're kind of waiting, waiting for something to happen. And then it happens. Then you're like, well, I kind of feel a bit jolted by it or I'm affected by it. But I feel like that should have happened way earlier. And a friend of mine I was watching it with... Egg said the same thing. He thinks that some of the events should have happened earlier in the script. And, uh, you know, that's how you get people excited. Like, usually, I felt like the inciting incident, like, this is screenwriter language coming out now, uh, the inciting incident should have happened way earlier in the film. I think it happens about an hour in. And it definitely should have happened around maybe the 20 to 35 minute mark. 
Um, that's the thing that gets you into the film, but I feel like I wasn't hooked until the hour, and then you only got 35 minutes left. Uh, so I've, I, it, I just kind of felt like, eh. Wasn't a, I wouldn't say it was a huge waste of time. Um, I know some of the people that I did, I did watch it with that they felt like they had to get their time back. It is on Netflix. It's free to watch, so I wouldn't say money back. Um, but their time. And uh, yeah. I, I was just, I guess I was just disappointed. I, I expected more out of it and I just didn't get it. And I think I've only given it one and a half. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, check it out if you want to see what was kind of brimming, brimming around and what they're cooking up. But unfortunately, it's not the dish that I came to eat. I don't know why I went with that at fucking. <laughs> don't know why I went with that, but sure. I think I'm just hungry. Uh, on the 27th, then the same day as Wounds, same, yeah, same day, uh, I watched both Creep and Creep 2, which I've heard are, again, cult classics, and fans of, uh, Mark Duplass, who actually really like, um, these two movies, and I'll say, I've never, um, oh, excuse me for a second, I haven't really checked out all of Mark Duplass's filmography, I know he's a filmmaker that, um, I mean, he has, a, he has a speech that I've watched a few times this year that it really inspired me to start making things and, you know, creating content, but I haven't really checked out his actual films that he's made. And uh, I wanted to check out these two films because they're considered, I mean, first of all, a good performance by him and, and they're considered kind of creepy. Um, this is what I was talking about before when I said creeped out. So we're going to talk about creep which is, again, directed by Patrick Brass, who's a friend of Mark Duplass. I think they've got a production company together. And uh, Mark Duplass plays a uh, plays Joseph, who is a guy that pays Patrick Brass's character. Um, I believe it's Aaron? Yeah, Aaron. He plays Aaron to come to his house for $1,000 for the day, come to his house and just film him, film him for the day. And uh, that's all I'll say. I don't want to get into what happens because I think it's best if you go into this film knowing nothing. Uh, because what I experienced was just a... It just builds and the, the tension just builds and builds. And for a, for a found footage film, I was just... I was hooked. I was, I was on the edge of my seat. And then that's why I immediately watched Creep 2 afterwards. Especially the uh, final scene. I think Mark Plus has great performance as a, as a creeper kind of stalker dude, um, he, he's pretty, he's pretty fucking creepy, he gets pretty fucking creepy, and the things he actually starts doing in the last, let's say, half hour, or second half of the film, that, you know, they, they, they do kind of, you're kind of like, well, fuck, <laughs> this is actually pretty fucking scary, because it, it, first of all, it, it looks real, and it could be, it, stalking is something that people actually experience. And uh, people, I'd, I'd say people who actually have been stalked before, they would get something from this. Uh, I wouldn't, maybe it hasn't gone to the lengths of how, you know, the, the extremity of this movie where it happens in the last 20 minutes. But um, it's definitely effective, I think. As a found footage film, I think this is definitely effective. Um, it's, it's just, it has a few jump scares that 
Um, I did again. I don't really care for jump scares, but I thought they were fun. They weren't false. Uh, they do involve a scene of tension, and then you get a jump scare after that. And then I kind of got. It's weird. I kind of got used to the jump scares. And then when I was expecting them, I didn't get scared because usually when I expect jump scares, I don't get. Uh, I I still get like scared. I, it still jolts me. Um, it happened in fourteen oh eight, which I'll talk about in a minute. But with creep. Uh, because I was, I think I was expecting Joseph to be always to be around and and to be because he's such a uh, effective antagonist. He's a real antagonist, really. I think um, his presence was. I was always expecting something to happen, and it did. But I was, I, I kind of, I got, I got into it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just a really, really engaging found footage movie that I think people of horror people fans of horror should watch uh even if you're not a fan of horror like it like like i am um well starting to be i guess but mostly not even if you're a fan of just if you want a very tension filled almost real film uh i think creep is right up your alley and it, it, i think it's very very effective i think mark Duplass and patrick Bryce have made a a great film with it and then the sequel another great follow-up they're like they're kind of on par with each other so yeah let's talk about creep 2 uh actually first of all before i get to um creep 2 i just want to outline something brilliant in the end um this is like one of the most effective scenes i've seen all year even though this film came out in 2014 one of the most effective scenes for me takes place in the last let's say five minutes ten minutes ten minutes of the film um it's a wide shot it's has it's all real sound. Um, it, it, obviously, it's the illusion of real sound, but it's all it's a wide shot. It's a uh, static shot, and it's just it was it just felt so real, and it was so it it really unnerved me. It really really unnerved me. I it, it yeah I, I was I was pretty startled by it, by well, by the time the credits roll around. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a really, really great, uh, tension thrilled, almost psychological thriller. Uh, but I'd say more of a horror film in, in the way that things happen, um, at the end. So yeah, and the sequel, Creep Two, is, I'm gonna say on par with the first one. Uh, so let's talk about Creep Two. So in Creep Two, um. The antagonist known as Joseph. I'm not going to say uh, his name in this one because I, I I do consider it a spoiler because of what happens at the end of Creep One. I'm not going to say his name in this one, but the guy who plays Joseph, which is Mark Duplass, he uh, puts an ad out to uh, what's what's her name in the film? I think it's Sarah. I think it's Sarah. I don't know the act the actor that plays her. But um, I think her name is Sarah in the uh, in the film. Uh, yep, Sarah Desiree Arkavan. Sorry if I said your name wrong, but Desiree Arkavan plays Sarah, and she has a show called uh, I think it's uh, what's the show called? Something Encounters. I'm sorry, my memory's very hazy um, with a few of these movies. There's just a lot that's going on. <laughs> Uh, something encounters. Oh fuck! Give me the plot summary, son of a bitch. Come on. 
Something's wrong with this fucking mouse, I swear to God. It doesn't fucking click on anything. I, I can't... I, fuck me. I can't get the name of it. Something... The realistic encounters? Spooky encounters? Oh, I don't I don't know. But I'll just say she's a she's a videographer. She says that she mostly does weddings, but she likes to go to you know, explore these ads and put them in a series where she I don't know, I guess investigates these crazy characters. And uh like there's a guy that wants to be wants to be like her to be his mum. And he like literally lays on her lap and she sings him a bedtime story as he gets rocked to sleep. Yep, that actually happens. Um There's a there's a there's another one where I think it's a guy that has to he's either got pets or something, I'm not too sure. Because they're they're not really that I mean then they're, they're not the main characters of the film, obviously the main character is our antagonist here. Um but she does uh she does she just she just i guess she just interacts with people that are considered weird and very very much outcasts of society and and gets their human side or or i guess she could exploit them like that's another interpretation that people have come up with that she just is exploiting them so she can have something that she can call like great because she wants to be remembered she wants to create a series that is uh memorable and that has a lot of popularity but it's not doing so well and she stumbles across a craigslist, a craigslist ad because actually that's what she's uh pretty much surfing to get to to get our ad from uh, from uh our antagonist and uh he claims to be a serial killer and uh i think it's I'm not, too, I'm not too quite sure what the ad says verbatim in the film but he claims to be a serial killer she goes to his house which is not the same house as the first one. He's living in a different house, I think. And um, he goes there. She goes there. She meets him. He claims to be a serial killer. He says he's killed 39 people. Um, and he wants her to film his last day because he's going to... Uh, he he's he's got, got he's gotten tired of of uh, killing people, and uh, but he wants to do. I'll just say, oh, how can I do this without spoiling everything? He wants to have one last, I guess, hurrah. Um, I hope that's not hinting at anything, but he wants to do something big, and she want he wants her Sarah to film it, and uh, you know, use it for her encounters show. Uh, her web series, and again, Creep Two, like like Creep One, is on par, yeah, with the first one. Um, it's it's effective, it's creepy, it's real again because you get the fan footage aspect of it all, giving you the the realism. Uh, Mark Duplass again effectively plays this very fucking creepy dude. Uh, but it's so weird because he plays the character so likable, and. He plays him in a way that you have sympathy for him, but then what happens in I mean, with both films, what happens in the second half, you're kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> maybe he's not the most nicest person. 
um and he just he just he's so it's 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 just weird with because of found footage films like, i find the characters very two-dimensional but i found the antagonist of both of these films that, that mark plus pays so three-dimensional because he talks about you know his his life philosophy and what he thinks and his opinions on things and i don't know it just felt also real for me and, it, and that just added to the effectiveness of it all and what the journey that Sarah and our antagonist take is a very, very interesting one. It's it, it's the same elements of the first one, but having this is what it, this is what a good sequel should do. What I think a good sequel should do is you know explore more of the first thing. You can put some things in that you want to put in from the first one, but again, you want to have a different story. You want to have you want to have some things that that will be new to the audience and the crew to just deliver on that. Just delivered on that. Really, really did deliver on that. Um, again, Patrick Price and Mark Duplass made, made another great film. Uh, very, very. It's very creepy, and it's it gets it gets pretty scary at this time. At times, um, I will say about these two movies as well. They're only an hour and twenty minutes long, so you can knock this out. Like I did. Like I knocked these two out in a night. Uh, I think the first one is a bit longer, and the second one is. An hour eighteen, I think, and they're both on Netflix. How about that? On Netflix Australia, they're both on Netflix Australia. So if you want to check out these two films, definitely my I'm going to say my favorites of the horror October that I've that I've watched. If you want to check out these two films, please do check them out. I think they're I think they've done a great job for such a low budget, um, found footage film. They've made something quite effective. And uh, wow, I was I was just blown away. I was honestly just blown away. Um, I think I gave it three, three stars. Yeah, I might give it three and a half. I, I'm gonna give it three. I'll fuck it. Give it three and a half. Because I think I gave the first one three and, a half, three and a half. Yeah, I did. I gave the first one three and a half as well. Refresh that. Uh, okay. Uh, it's the, apparently I haven't done. Okay, there we go. All right. On the thirtieth, I watched uh, Would You Rather, uh, which is. If I get to the info. Oh, come on, Bart. How many bastard? Which is directed by David Guy Levy. Um, and it stars, I'll just say the people people know, Brittany Snow, and weirdly enough, Sasha Gray, the porn star. Um Yeah, I think this is her was this her feature debut or is it like that open windows movie that she did with uh, Elijah Wood? Was it that one? I don't know, because I don't know when that... Did, didn't that come out in 20, 2013 or 2014? Anyway, thing is, Shasha Gray is in this movie. Um, her character is very one-dimensional and nothing, but she's in this movie. If you're, if there are some fans of her out there. She's in this. She is a terrible... She's terrible, but she's in this. Um... Oh, really? Did that happen? <laughs> okay. So I'll just I'll just give you the the uh, the, the plot to it. Um, so Brittany Snow has uh, she is caring for her brother. Her brother's going through it's like she's going through chemotherapy, I think, because he has he has cancer, um, and she has to make she doesn't have the money to uh, support him or help him out. So what happens is she meets a rich dude, played by Johnny Coyne. He was kind of laughably bad. Um, 
because I want to say it's um is this jo is Johnny Coin the rich dude? Like I'll say here, he wasn't given great material to work with, but his performance was just so fucking over the top. I almost like I almost found it hilarious how over the top his performance was. Um, oh fuck! This mouse man, it's giving me the fucking shits. Jeffrey Combs, Shepard Lambert. Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, he was just. He was so over the fucking top. He was so over the fucking top, man. Like, I was almost laughing at the, at the things he was doing. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? Um, but yeah, like, what happens is uh, they get to... What happens is he, he gives her... She goes to the doctor's office. She meets him, Jeffrey Combs' character, um, Shepard... Lambrick, who is a rich dude, he has a company, he's a big enterprise, I guess he's an entrepreneur, I don't know, but he is just a rich dude, he invites him to the his, his house for a dinner, inverted commas, dinner, and uh, I, can, I think you can guess like where this is going, people go to the dinner, and some shit goes down, it's kind of like if True or Dare was a little fucked up, uh, maybe more than fucked up. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, this movie was, was shit. Uh, probably the shittest movie, uh, I don't know. I would say it's better than Wounds. I think I gave it one star at least, because I only gave Wounds like half a star, did I? This is one of the bad ones. Um, I thought this movie was, yeah, pretty bad. Performances were pretty pretty shit. Weirdly enough, June Squibb is in this movie, and, uh, yeah, yeah, she's in it. So if you guys have seen Nebraska, which she was really good in, she's in this movie <laughs> for some reason. Um, I hope I'm getting that movie right. I think it was Nebraska. The black and white one with... Uh, I always forget his name. Um, English bloke. Where are you, June? Where are you, June? There we go. Oh, I've just looked up fucking Q. <laughs> oh, now I've gone out of it. Oh, Kai, what are you doing? Oh, here we go. Nebraska, I was right. Nebraska. It was the whole black and white movie with... Uh... Was that Will Forte? Yeah, Bruce Dern. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking of something different, I think. What's his name? Peter... Um, I've just got to get his name down. He's in... No, that... I'm thinking of Peter Serenfranikwitz. He's got a weird last name. He was in the Parks and Rec. He was the rich dude in Parks and Rec when they went to England. Um, am I thinking of... Uh, oh, okay. I think I know where I'm seeing him. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I think I've got him. Peter Herman? Nope. That is not him. <laughs> Steve Coogan, there he is. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Steve fucking Coogan. Um, I was trying to figure the show. What was I thinking of? The show. Um, Alan Partridge, that's what I was thinking of. Um, but I was thinking of a, a movie. I think it, there's another movie that he did called Philomena that would, might have been in black and white. Or maybe I'm thinking because Nebraska was also like nominated for a few Oscars. And uh, so was Philomena. 
and I've just got those mixed up and just thinking of the same fucking movie for some reason. Um, just ignore my brain process right now. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Jen Squibb is in this movie, and uh, she go she she goes through some shit. I'll tell you that she goes through some shit. Um, yeah, the death scenes were not really that effective to me because I'm like you guys know what's going to go happen at this fucking dinner party. People are going to die. Um, I don't really consider that a spoiler because I mean the the fucking poster is a razor blade against an eye. So what does that tell you? And I'll tell you what, when it comes to that kind of scene, uh, it is cringeworthy. I'm, I'm not too good with eyes. And it is pretty cringeworthy. But, uh, again, it's, it's I don't know, it's just it's just boring. I just found it very boring. It wasn't well paced. It, it only goes for an hour and 20 minutes. But it was still just so boring. It felt like a slog to get through. Brittany Snow was okay with the material she was given. Um, and I just found the Jeffrey Combs' character just laughably bad. And the the way he was delivering everything, he was so fucking over the top, laughably bad. Sasha Gray is just this nothing character. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just wish there was more, a bit more craziness in it. And the tension's just not really, it's just, it kind of felt empty, really. Um, yeah, not much to say on Would You Rather. Not a good one. Um, Alright, so after Would You Rather, on the same night, on the 30th of October... I watched uh, 1408, which is um, a based on a Stephen King short story um, of the same name, and it's directed by uh, Mikhail Hafstrom. Oh my god, Mikhail Hafstrom, Hafstrom. Oh my god, I'm sorry, sir, <laughs> if I messed that one up. Uh, but this movie was probably my favorite movie of the horror October. Um, I think it's really well written. I mean, you're basing off a Stephen King book, which is considered one of the greatest horror authors of all time, if not the greatest. Um, in in, in uh, deemed by some people, but this movie was just really, really good. I had really great tension. It's got great characters. Um, John Cusack. The biggest, the biggest parts, the brightest parts of this movie for me were John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, definitely John Cusack as this man, um, Mike Anslin, who plays this grieving father. I won't say, uh, like what, what happens or anything like that. He was, he's a grieving father. Who's also a writer. He's a paranormal debunker. I'll just say, oh, uh, 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 that's the best way I can say it. He used to be a writer that would write, would really, you could tell he was like into the stuff before and now he's pr pretty much been a sellout and just going to places to debunk them and to make some cash profit off and like sell some books. And he's not really getting, he's not really getting what he, because he can tell he wants to see something spooky and there's just some emptiness inside him. But when he enters the room, 1408, at the Dolphin Hotel, well, bloody boy, things get fuckaroo. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, the performances are, are great. Uh, John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. John Cusack has the, one of the best freakout scenes I've ever seen in film involving a bar fridge. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And uh, I really liked it. As soon as he enters the room, it, it happens straight away. There's no build-up. It all just happens it's like just straight away. Fuck me. 
it's already turned to shit, and that's how, you know, as Samuel L. Jackson's character says, it's one evil fucking room. Um, there's a few jump scares in this movie that actually did quite get me. They were, they were quite, uh, yeah, they were, they were, they were, I guess they were effective because they got me. Um, but I think there was, I don't know, there could have been less, but again, that's just my opinion. You can easily, people can easily fight against that one and say like, well, I think they're quite effective and they, they work. If you think that, that's fine. But I just didn't, again, it's just, it's just my honest opinion. I just don't, I just don't like jump scares. Um... When they when they're done effectively and there's like less of them, that's just what I like because I'm such a bitch when it comes to horror. But uh, yeah, in terms of just having it all through, like for some reason, for for example, um, according to some people, Annabelle goes comes home. The sequel to the first Annabelle films has a lot of jump scares in it. And it's quite generic and straightforward, and I was just like, yeah, that's not my cup of tea. So uh, yeah, but it's got some really cool sequences. Um, in the film involving 1408, uh, the ghosts in this movie I want to talk about, uh, the ghosts in this movie are, are very different. Um, I thought we were going to experience apparitions, and um, there's just some really freaky sequences. I mean, th there's also there's some subtleties as well, um, maybe like in a lopsided painting, or maybe there's something in the room that's changed involving, maybe there's some chocolates that have just appeared, uh, there's something in the room that's been changed. And I just like how subtly it builds up to... I mean, when shit hits the fan, shit really fucking hits the fan in this movie. Um, and yeah, I, I really like the ghosts. They kind of look like... Um, without, spoiling any, without spoiling anything, maybe minor spoilers, I liked their kind of VHS little effect they put on them. Because um, there are some ghostly figures in this movie. But what I liked about them is they weren't used for uh, jump scares. They weren't really used for to be so terrifying and to, just to, just to give you the shock value. It's like they're like lamented souls, and uh, just wandering the ruins. Like I, I can't really say ruins because it's a room that it still exists, but to them the ruins of a of a room that pretty much drove them insane. And I uh, really like the sequences with these ghosts, and because they're just they just look so sad and haunted. And I liked the way they were portrayed in the movie. Um, some things I didn't really like about the film, which I've only given it four stars out uh, of five. If these didn't have this, I would have given, maybe would have given this four and a half, maybe five, because I really, really liked this movie. And I'm still thinking about it. Um, I didn't like, there's a kind of fake-out ending. So I'm going to go into a bit of spoilers here. There is a fake-out ending. And, um, which if you want to, you know, know the definition of it you can check it out i'm not going to get into what what that is um but it, you know it kind of speaks for itself and i think it drags a bit too long um and you lose the tension because there's something that happens in this fake ending which is really really great and a really cool sequence but i just think it dragged a little too long and i just lost it i was like just i know it's supposed to put you in in a secure place and you're like oh maybe everything's all right and then you're back into it, it feels like a dream sequence it really does it just feels like because i sometimes i do like dream sequences and sometimes i don't like dream sequences uh, i think we do get a abundance of dream sequences especially in the bad horror films and then you're woken up and then you're like oh it's all a dream and i know people are very fucking sick of that shit so 
Uh, I just thought the fake ending was a bit too long. There's a few weird edits as well. There's some really cool edits that I like. There's a crash zoom. I think it's uh, uh, it's it's about halfway in, and he's in the corner, and it's like this really weird crash zoom. And uh, I I don't know. I really liked it. Uh, it's just so odd for the how this how this um how the film is because you just get this really random crash zoom when I think it builds on the uh, how frantic the uh, sequence is and it just really helped it and I was like well that was fucking something that was something different wasn't it come out of nowhere shit um but there are some edits that happened a bit too fast to me um I did notice them and I was just like well that was really weird um certain angles like it's it's just a few cuts that I've noticed um I know going to film school has just ruined film for me really because now I'm you know, because you're taught to notice these things and that's how you want to make a good film. Because um, now I watch movies and I've noticed, like, when I, when I, even though I loved film before, I was still going to enjoy it. And, like, see if, and it was basically like, oh, I like that or I didn't like that. And uh, now I'm just kind of like, well, what about this? Oh, that was a weird, because I say to myself, like, to be, to be honest, I do say out loud, well, that was a weird cut. And uh, I've never noticed that before. And now watching this movie, there was a few weird cuts and I was like, well, that was okay. Uh, I don't know if I like that. Uh, but that, that's about it. Like, when it comes to, when it comes to um, cons with the film, that's about it really. Um, now I watched the one on, uh, I watched the Blu-ray version, which is a, an alternative ending, I believe. Um, there's a few endings to this movie, but I watched the uh, Blu-ray ending which is okay I'm going to get actually going to get into spoilers here of uh, what happens at the end of this um I'm not sure what are the other endings are um I've done a little bit of research and found out what they are but I don't really, I don't really have those endings in front of me but what I did watch was the blu-ray ending and uh again just going to flash spoilers 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 so if you don't want to hear any spoilers Skip ahead to when I talk about Reanimator, which is the last one I want to talk about. Um, so I got the blue ending, which is the one where uh, Mike goes through. You get the fake ending, and then Mike finds out he's still in the room, and then he hugs his daughter. She kind of dies in his arms. It's a really fucking horrible scene. In terms of, um, in terms of it being effective, like I wouldn't say it was, I wouldn't say it's terrible. It's just really fucking sad. And then uh, what Mike does is he decides to burn the room down. He has a it's a really cool sequence where he has a bit of a smoke. He um, I, I think he plays some audio. He, he records himself speaking, and then uh, he burns the room down. And then the room fourteen oh eight no longer exists in the Dolphin, Hol- Dolphin Hotel. And you can tell that Gerald, played by Samuel L. Jackson, the the caretaker, I guess, of the hotel manager. He is relieved that the room has been, uh, you know, erased. And then you get, uh, they go to the funeral for Mike, and then you get the, the uh, sequence where he's rum- rum- rummaging for the box, and then you get the jump scare uh, from Mike, a burnt-up corpse of Mike at the end, in the back of the car. He sees uh, the young girl, I think, in the rearview mirror, and then he looks back in the back seat, and Mike's there, the burnt-up corpse. And, uh, yeah, he uh, gives the last jump scare in the film, which got me. It got me. I was like, ah, just, ah I don't need it anymore. <laughs> Please, my heart can only really take so much. Uh, but I just want to finish up by saying, yeah, I thought 1408 was a 
again, a very effective film. My top three would probably be, yeah, 1408 and both both of the Creep films. Um, Oculus probably coming in fourth. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's a really good film. If you're a fan of uh, like mystery or you want a good psychological thriller, I think 1408 uh, a film, is a film that's going to scratch that itch. And you get a great performance from John Cusack, who is weirdly just one of my... He's all, I wouldn't say one of my favorites, but he just gives good performances when he's given good material. All right. Finally, um, and this is the last one we're talking about, so I'll be wrapping this up now. Um, I think we're reaching it, yeah, just over an hour, so I'm going to start wrapping up. We're going to talk about uh, Reanimator. And I watched this on Halloween. Um, truth be told, I watched it quite late. Because I, I think I... What did I do on Halloween? I, I think I played Luigi's Mansion 3. And I was going to watch, I was like, um, I was actually going to watch the two classics, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Thing. And uh, I was playing Luigi's Mansion 3, which is a, so far a really fucking good game, by the way, really fun. I've always been a fan of Luigi's Mansion series, and uh, number three lives up to it. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I think there's still more to find out, but um, I think I'm like four levels in. I'm not going to say too much about it, but I'm enjoying. It. I'll just say I'm enjoying it so far, and it's a uh, one of my favorite Switch games. I think. Uh, so, I, I was playing that quite a bit, and then I had some friends over, and we were doing some stuff. We had a few trick or treaters as well, and uh, I, I was in the mood for something kind of I wouldn't say empty, but just kind of fun and uh, easy to watch. And uh, so I ended up watching. Uh, Stuart Gordon's Reanimator, uh, which is, I've seen, uh, I think Dead Meat talked about it, again, to mention Dead Meat, they're a great channel if you're, if you're a fan of horror, and if you like watching that kind of thing, they're actually a channel, I just want to shout them out, they're a channel that has actually helped me gel into horror, because I don't really care, when it comes to horror, um, or most classic films, I don't really care if I get any spoilers for them, because I just, now I know what to expect, I guess, and I know, I know it does, uh, when I watch, uh, like, uh, for example, like drama films and, and comedy films like that, I want to watch and go into them, uh, blind, like one of the best, the best movie this year is Parasite, um, the best movie to go into blind this year, I think, is Parasite, and, uh, I went to that completely blind, and then, holy shit, I was blown away by it, um, and I think this is a great channel. I love what he's. They have a, their main series is the Kill Count, but I listen to all their podcasts as well. And they've actually helped me. They're the actually they're the channel that actually helped me discover where's the jump, which I had on hand with me when I watched these horror films. And I know, I know, it's going to really upset some horror fans. They'll be like, "Oh, why don't you just watch it without without it?" And I know, I'm just, I just, I, to be blunt and honest, I'm a fucking, I'm a bitch when it comes to horror. I'm a massive, I'm a wimp. And I want to, I don't like being scared. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't particularly enjoy getting frightened. Um, and they had this movie playing. Uh, they had a kill count on this reanimator and I watched it and I was like, that looks like fun. So I ended up did watching that when I went to, um, just before I went to bed, I ended up watching reanimator and it was a fun time. Um, it's kind of like a dark comedy, really. It's got some really, really dark comedic elements in it. Uh, it's about a uh, 
a student at a medical college and uh, they he kind of gets uh, does these kind of really weird experiments and then he has this chemical that one that was re, that reanimates corpses and then um, uh, a guy involved uh, I'm gonna it's, it's it's oh wait what the fuck it's Jeffrey Combs from Would You Rather what the shit um yeah. Jeffrey Combs from Wujurawa plays Herbert West, who is my favourite part of the movie. His character is just so weird and wacky. He has some great lines. Um, he just kind of goes weird and wacky and insane, and he just does it so well. He delivers the lines so well. There again, it's it's just a really different dark comedy with uh, with some really cool body horror. And I thought it was a fun movie. You've also got you know uh, what people consider a horror legend, Barbara Crampton, in it as well. And uh, there's a there's a sequence involving a decapitated head, and it's pretty cool. I, it made me really laugh a lot. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Reanimator. I don't think I'm gonna watch Beyond Reanimator, and I think there's like Bride of Reanimator. I think is one of them as well. Um, I might watch them. Who knows? I think I like like I I I was uh, what's the word? I I was the I can't say attached because this guy's a weird fucking dude. I wouldn't say attached, but every time I was on screen, I, I liked it. I liked his presence on screen. This character of Herbert West. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what happens in the sequels because I haven't watched those. Um, I didn't want to watch them, actually, because I actually wanted to watch this movie and then see if I wanted to get into the sequels. But, again, when it comes to horror films and something like this... Um, uh, like uh, I'd rather watch the movies that I want to see, that I definitely have on my list that I want to um, see this year. But I'm not going to say I wasted my time with this one. I think I gave this one three stars out of five on Letterboxd. I think it's a really fun movie. It's got some great body horror and some great um, black comedic elements, some cool dialogue, and Jeffrey Combs is the, the seals the movie as Herbert West. All right, fuck. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna wrap this up because we are getting. We're getting quite long. Probably getting sick of my fucking voice. Um, I know I didn't watch a lot. I just want to say again. I know I didn't want to watch a lot. And uh, I wanted to get through more, but again, like I said before, I was just burnt out and I got sick of it. And it's just something that happens. Like even when I watch movies, normal movies, um, like dramas or um, stuff like that, Oscar films. Sometimes I get sick of them too and I get burnt out. It's like doing the same thing over and over again. You want to just shake it up and do something different. And uh, because horror is not really my um, niche, I uh, didn't really want to get involved in it. And it was also because of what happened during this during last month as well that shook it all up for me and, and didn't put me, put me in the wrong headspace, I think. So, uh, first of all, before I get into what... Um, I formed an opinion that I want to express, and uh, I've been thinking about this for a while. I've talked about it with a few friends of mine, and I just wanted to give this opinion. Um, while watching these horror films and talking to people about them and discussing it, I've I've just dis discovered that there's a lot of people that would consider, especially horror movies released nowadays that they wouldn't consider horror movies. Um, I know that some people consider Hereditary 
just a drama um, with some horror elements. And, you know, I, I, I said when I, earlier this, um, earlier last year when Hereditary did come out and I watched and ended up watching it, I will take the blame for it. I did say that it is a drama. It is a, it is a family drama with some horror elements. Midsummer was the same thing. It's a fucking weird travel movie with some horror elements. Um, but I just want to... I think I've changed my opinion on that. Um, especially after talking to a few friends of mine. Um, it, it kind of stems from the... The notion that... I mean, that is obviously true. That all eyes subjective. And uh, I think horror is whatever you find terrifying to you. Um, like if you have a weird, if you're a very dysfunctional family or you um, have a, a gaslighting boyfriend, uh, you consider that scary. And that could be traumatizing or terrifying to you. And if you want to consider that a horror, you can. I'm just going to say it. If you wanted to call that a horror, you can. Um, but to, uh, it's, it's hard to put into words. I, I've put some bullet points down, but it, I'm going to be honest. It's hard to put into words, uh, what I want to say. I think if, if a horror movie obviously has scenes of tension and it doesn't have to have creatures or exorcisms or anything like that, if they have scenes of tension, scenes of dread, and I don't know, the tone of the movie or the color palette is supposed to be frightening and terrifying. I do actually consider that a horror film. Um, I know, again, it's a book called Hereditary, a, not a horror film. I actually will deem Hereditary a horror film. It has some frightening sequences. It's very fucking weird. And it's very, it's it's a very odd film. Um, I mean, the third act goes bananas, I think. But it's just something that is shocking and and it does stay with you after watching it um but i also am on the side of just like whatever you deem scary is a horror film to you and i don't want to have that that argument anymore of saying that no that's that's the horror film or that's that's a horror film if you love horror films that have exorcisms or creatures in it or scary stuff going on or jump scares every five minutes that's a horror film to you. That can be your horror film. That's what you would consider a horror film. I just want to respectfully deem whatever I think is a horror to me. I don't want to have that argument anymore that this is this is a horror or um, you know that's a horror or because if you want to have the debate of let's say The Ring, which I definitely consider a horror film and most people would I think against. Hereditary, for example, which is a hotly debated film that is not, a, people say, well, not a horror. That, some scary shit. Family, family uh, dysfunction, dysfunction and traumatizing bits like that and where it starts getting a little creepy and weird and some frightening sequences is a horror film. If you don't find that scary, well, that's just not scary to you. But to some people, that is scary. Um, and I would say, yeah, Ring is a horror film. It is a horror film. It's, 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 I mean, you've got Samara coming out of the TV. You've got seven days left to die. People are scared of mortality. So that would be also a horror film. And I don't want to list all the horror films that I think should be a horror film or anything like that. Horror film, horror film, horror film. Fucking hell, I'm the handyman. 
Um, but I just want to get, I just want to put that out there. From now on, I'm just going to deem what I think is a horror film. Like, for example, Doctor Sleep that's coming out on, um, I mean, The Shining to me is a horror film. It's very frightening. It's very scary. Jack Nicholson is fucking terrifying as Jack Torrance. You get the axe scene. You've got the him chasing family in the in the maze. I mean, Jesus. And you've got the twins. Like, fuck me. That's some of the scariest shit I've ever seen. For now, I'm, I'm just going to say, I mean, the, sorry, talking about Dr. Sleep. That looks like a horror film. Mike Flanagan likes to direct horror films. He says it's a horror film. So that is going. That to me is a horror film. And uh, to me it is. It To me, it's a horror film. But if, if it isn't to you, that's fine. And that's what I just want to say. I just want to... Whatever I think is a horror film to me, I will say is a horror film. It's like, again, it comes to the, the whole point of artist objective. I think that's a drama. I think that's a comedy. I don't, I'm, I don't want to have the argument anymore of what I think is right or because I, I like to be honest i wouldn't i don't know but if i have that opinion of what that is like a certain film is i'm gonna have that opinion and if you want to discuss it with me that's fine if you want to have the argument i'm just not going to have the energy for it uh, because if you think it's a horror film to you that's fine and i would love to discuss why that is to you why that is so effective why that it traumatizes you in a way that you can't sleep at night or you keep thinking about something that stays in your mind and ingrained. And if I think I want to talk about something, like I will, if you want to listen, that's fine. But I don't want to, I just don't want to have the whole argument anymore of just like, that's a horror film, this is a horror film, blah, 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 blah. It's just back and forth, back and forth. It's a whole waste of time. When it starts getting a little heated and I don't, I don't really consider that discussion. I consider that just a full on I don't know, fight, and, uh, yeah, oh, that's all I want to say, sorry they got a bit uh, off the rails there, but uh, that's all I want to say, um, thank you guys for listening to this very extended podcast about horror, um, and listening to what I got to, what I, what I got up to in the Horror October list for 2019, I probably will be doing one for 2020, but to figuring out those films or what they want to do for those is another is uh, a story for another time a podcast for another time uh october next year to be exact i'd say so if you've got made it through all this whole thing and just me just droning on about horror and if you're a fan of horror fuck yeah i think it's a really really interesting genre i'm actually upset that i didn't explore it sooner but to be honest i just was i was just fucking scared I want to tell you guys a true story. I watched Sinister, which is a Scott Derrickson's, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say magnum opus, but his it, ha- it involves one of the biggest jump scares that I've ever, that, that has ever been witnessed. And I watched that jump scare, and it involves, it's the lawnmower scene from Sinister, and it scared the fucking shit out of me. Um, the Bagul creature is just, um, is something that I would never forget. And the way that, I mean, it also comes down to Ethan Hawke's performance, and then the whole thing of seeing this, these snuff films on the on the figure eight, figure eight, Super Eight footage, was just very effective. So when I was watching Sinister, and this is when I was a bit younger, guys, I I I couldn't even stay in the same room. I missed a few scenes. 
I had a pillow that I was holding up against me. And I was, I was such a fucking wimp. I was, I was not inside the room at all. I just couldn't sit down and I couldn't do it. Uh, but now my appreciation for film has allowed me to watch horror films and see how they're done. Because I really actually like seeing how they're done. Um, I watched a special featurette for Suspiria, which came out last year, that involved uh, the making of and how they, how they pulled off that whole scene with the contortion which is super gross, by the way, but how it was done was just very interesting to me. And I think it's a very interesting genre. Uh, it's not, I still not my favorite, but I see, I do see why people like it and I do see why people respect it. And I'm going to say that I do respect it too. I do respect the filmmakers, especially ones that make obviously good horror, effective horror movies. Um, I, I respect that. I respect the craft. Because to scare an audience member or to get inside someone's brain, I think, is a very hard thing to do, especially when it comes to horror screenwriting. Um, I've even attempted that with my fourth uh, short film. Fourth? Third? Fourth? Third. Jesus. Uh, third short film. Uh, people could look at that and say, let's talk a logical thriller. To me, it's a horror. Um, and if I were doing another horror film... I like that I now can allow myself to watch horror films and learn things from them. Because again, I wasn't a fan of it, but now I, I'm really starting to appreciate why people like these movies. And understand why people's favorite genre is horror. Um, so that's, that's the beauty of having a horror total is to discover the films that people love and people want to talk about. And now I can finally discuss it with people and what I thought about them. Because um, it is a very, very interesting genre. It has a lot of elements that play with everyday life things like uh, mortality and uh, grief and uh, depression, family, things like that. Um, I think it really, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's quite flexible with what it can do. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. So yeah, thanks for listening to this whole podcast in Horror October. Hope you guys had a great time. Maybe you had your own October list that you want to that you want to uh, discuss. If you want to leave me any questions, you can reach me on my Facebook uh, account, the public one. Don't add the personal one, the public one. Message that, inbox that. Let's talk about some horror if you want to. You can check out my Instagram, KC Movies Podcast. We can talk about horror there for a bit more, or you can ask any questions there. Just do it, uh, or leave me a comment on my letterbox if you want to uh, do it that way. If you want to do the old-fashioned way. Uh, so this week I will be getting around to watching Dr. Sleep. I think I'll have to pull myself to that one because, uh, I love The Shining and I want to see where it goes. I want to see what happens to Danny. And, um, I'm, cause I'm so invested in these characters that I want to see what happens with them. And Rebecca Ferguson as well looks enchanting in it. And, uh, I want to see what happens, but I think I might have to take a buddy or I might have to take a pillow because it looks pretty scary. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm actually quite keen for it. And I'm, and I, when it's been held by Mike Flanagan, I think I'm, I'm going to watch anything he touches now because he is just, to me, a really impressive filmmaker and uh, one that I really want to keep my eye on. So uh, that's going to be about it. Again, reach me on Facebook, the public account, uh, Instagram, KC Movies Podcast, or the Letterboxed Kyle Cruz. Uh, remember, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, guys. 
And I'll either talk to you this week about, I've got quite a few things on this week for, um, for this week. I'm quite busy or booked. Uh, maybe Saturday could be the podcast for uh, Dr. Sleep because I'll be talking about that as well. I, like I'll definitely have some thoughts on what I think about that. Haven't read the source material of the book, but I think going in from The Shining to Dr. Sleep, I'll have an opinion that, that, uh, that I'll, I'll want to discuss. So guys, thanks again, and I will talk to you on Saturday.